Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Wesley Hu speaking, and today's show is sponsored by Sandbox and Fast Growing Trees. I'm joined again by William Gallagher. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm grand, thank you. How are you? Are you still wearing Vision Pro or is that over now? That's passe. Actually, I haven't taken it off in about three weeks. Um, not e- yeah, not even a shower. It's uh, kind of kind of crazy. Oh, okay. No, Ooh. All right. <laughs> there, there's actually there's actually a YouTube video of someone showering with Vision, no. uh, Apple Vision Pro on. No. Yeah, I don't understand it. But are they supposed to be waterproof or is... no? Okay. There's literally exhaust vents in the top that go straight to the circuitry. <laughs> so I'm sure they destroyed that headset doing that video. Right. Well, you know what they? It's only three and a half thousand dollars. What's that? Uh, and if they had to have a second take, I'm sure they had a spare one ready, like all professional YouTubers do. <laughs> oh, no, apparently they've all returned them, if you haven't read all of the news. I know we covered it a little bit last week, but it's just the article titles keep getting more and more aggressive about it. It's, it's really quite fun. Right. Okay. Um, right. But, mm. Well, so today we're going to play uh, another uh round of where is wesley's mac today so <laughs> okay uh what do you think now that i've been using vision pro primarily where, what do you think i've done with my macbook pro i think it's right in front of you so that you can connect to it like a proper mac user with vision pro yeah so so turns out i've purchased a bookshelf for my office and uh, one of the shelves is the perfect height to uh, put my MacBook Pro with the 12 South uh, book arc to stand it upright. So in the corner of my office, uh, there's a little bookshelf with my MacBook sitting on the on the bottom shelf with a cable running down. There's a cabinet section in the very bottom. Uh, and in that cabinet is a small portable monitor. So that way it can... Uh, be turned on and i have a magic mouse on my desk that is turned off but if i want to wake my mac and connect to it in vision pro i turn on the magic mouse wiggle it and the mac wakes with the screen on underneath the cabinet and then i connect to it in vision pro the display turns off under the cabinet and now i have a mac in my vision pro and my macbook is on a bookshelf no i thought you i thought you might find that amusing well it was faintly horrifying actually but Hang on a minute. Uh, by chance, uh, last week when we recorded it, the moment we finished recording, I had to go somewhere, and it's too complicated to explain why, I had to bring my office Mac Mini with me. So I did, and Mac Minis are very small, but the monitor, very big, so I didn't bring that. I used it as a headless Mac with my iPad Pro as the monitor into it using uh, screens. App. So is there no way to do something like that with Vision Pro? You can't... Well, remotely. you can run things headless. Um, it's just you can't Macs see anything. are yeah. no Mac. No Macs are finicky. Um, let's see, what's his name? Luke Miani on YouTube uh, ripped a monitor off of a MacBook Air, the, yeah. the display half, and was still able to connect the keyboard half uh, using the same connection feature and utilize the keyboard and trackpad, which is interesting um, as a concept. Like, I don't think Apple's ever going to ship a trackpad keyboard mac without a display like that but um definitely cool in concept you say cool that's horror ripping it apart that's murder it it was pretty aggressive so i would definitely say that um it's 
definitely not. I, I wouldn't want to do that because I still want a functional MacBook, <laughs> right? If I if I need it, if I if I don't have the Vision Pro, I still want to have a display to look at. But um, no, for whatever reason, um, it's difficult to get a Mac to do anything when there's not a monitor attached, and you can fake it with like an HDMI plug uh, that tells it that a monitor is attached. There's ways to do this. Um, and that could work, but right now what I had on me was a portable monitor I've not touched in months sitting in a closet that I could just plug in. I didn't, rather than ordering a new complicated contraption, I just hooked this little guy up and it worked perfectly. So I, have, I might get more complicated later, but for now this works. I use an app called Screens, which I used to use um, when I didn't have a MacBook Pro. And I would be at somewhere on my iPad, I would use it on that to connect into my office Mac. And for some reason, and who knows why, two years ago, it stopped connecting like that. But while I'm in the house or while I'm on the same Wi-Fi network, it works fine. So I switched on the, the Mac Mini. I remembered my password without being able to see where I was typing it, just kind of waited till it was probably waiting for the password, gave it a few moments to launch all its stuff, and then straight in through my iPad. You know, it's frankly sophisticated way of doing it compared to your stringing wires everywhere and Luke Milani's. Wait a minute. Stringing wires. The Wait. bookshelf has a pass-through. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, all right. But hang on. Sorry, I'm a bit slow here. Luke Milani ripped the top off a MacBook, but you can just close the lid on a MacBook and use... Well, again, when the lid's closed, you can't actually do anything for what that like it. It really aggress the system aggressively sleeps uh, when you shut the lid, unless there's an external monitor connected. Oh, okay. I was forgetting that bit about external monitor because I've seen people use it clamshell mode. Like, right. Okay. Like, right. That makes sense. as I speak. So the good thing about the book arc and the MacBook is it's portable. So I grab it off the shelf, carry it over to my desk. Now this again, I'm going to get more complicated later and probably run my microphone wire to the bookshelf because the bookshelf's next to my desk. Um, so I don't have to move the MacBook, but today I moved it to my desk, plugged it into the Thunderbolt cable. It's normally reserved for my iPad, and that's how we're recording this podcast is the MacBook's currently connected to a studio display, but I'm not looking at it on the studio display. I'm looking at it inside the headset. So, you know, very all, all fun and modularity at the end of the day. But this is not... Sorry, the Vision Pro point. podcast. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> Nor is it the William hasn't plugged his Mac Mini back in in a week podcast. Nope. But it could be. I'm actually surprised to realize because it's yeah recording more or less the same time. It is precisely seven days since I took the Mac Mini away, and it's lying behind me, not plugged back in again. I've done everything in the week on my MacBook Pro wherever I was. Aren't MacBook That's... Pros wonderful? They're pretty great. And see, this is this gets back to. Uh, older discussion we had about how I wanted to replace my MacBook with a Mac Mini that just sits maybe on this bookshelf uh, mm-hmm. in perpetuity, but I've realized since Apple Vision Pro came out, man, wouldn't it be great to have a MacBook? And I saw, I can't remember who said it exactly, it's probably uh, someone along the lines of Federico Vitici or John Gruber, but um, they mentioned, wouldn't it be perfect if a M3 12-inch MacBook existed for Vision Pro? It would be like the perfect companion you could pull this thing out anywhere, put on the headset, and bam, now you have a miniature keyboard trackpad, perfectly compatible with Vision Pro, and it all works, of course, over battery power that only lasts about two hours. But anyway. But sorry, hang on. Am I, I, I can't work out whether I've guessed this or heard it somewhere. You can only use Vision Pro with a MacBook. You can't, you can't connect it to a Mac Mini or a Mac Studio. No, no, no. That was um, a mistake. Uh, you can use it with desktops, absolutely. Well, then, it's just, buy yourself a it, Mac I, Mini and away off you go. 
Well, the, the, I can't take the Mac Mini to a. Co- well, I mean, I guess I could take it to a coffee shop and plug it in with the Vision Pro or something. But yeah, no, I, I, I would, at that point, I would prefer something portable with a keyboard and trackpad attached. Like, yeah, okay, I see your point yeah. there. Yes, okay. But this is an Apple Sports podcast. Actually, today, um, Apple. Uh, as well, I guess yesterday, as we record, Apple released a Apple Sports app. A very odd piece of software. I don't know if you've had a chance to poke at it, but it's kind of empty until it isn't. Um, this was definitely one of the weirdest onboarding experiences I've had with an Apple app. I just turned it on and it was just kind of, hey, um, there's nothing happening today. I'm <laughs> just, <laughs> okay. Uh, it doesn't give you any instructions. Obviously, they need to fix the onboarding because it should let you choose teams right off the bat or something. Oh, I see. Or maybe yeah. maybe it glitched out for me. But uh, have you have you messed with this app? Oh, it's a sports app. People have to you know, hold me back. I was running towards that. Which football team will I add first? Um, first, I'd have to think of a football team, and that, that would take a while. Uh, no, basically, I didn't. I'm... I I feel almost guilty now, but it never crossed my mind to even try it out. It surprised me how many people reached out angry that the NFL wasn't available to follow, or NCAA football in America, um, considering the season is over, right? Oh, right. I just... I think Apple made a mistake here because they have the capability. It's all built into Apple News. If anyone who has already went to Apple News or even Apple TV, I believe, has this uh, functionality built in, you can choose your favorite sports team and have those highlighted in in whatever way. Uh, That is a part of Apple Sports. And if you already had teams selected, like I had the Nashville MLS team selected, and that showed up in Apple Sports, but guess what? Uh, sport uh, team level stats aren't available yet, so it's just grayed out. I can't even click on it. Um, but it, that's the only thing that showed up, despite me having NFL and um, NCAA football teams selected as well in Apple News. The uh, functionality's there, but Apple just chose not to include it because I guess they figured it would be confusing to users. But instead, they're just mad that they can't, you know, mm-hmm. choose the Broncos or something. I did notice because I actually wrote the news story saying it was out. Um, just you know, here it is. This is where you get it. That kind of news story. Uh, the list of teams it supported. I, I got the fact that it was listing ones who are playing now, and that later when seasons start, uh, others will be added. I didn't actually realise that sports seasons ran at different times of the year, but okay. I noticed the Premier League was listed there, and I know that's a UK. Um, football thing but there are many many other i mean many many other football things in britain sure. so is it just is that really just the only one that's playing now or the only one apple's heard of well i mean there's several leagues in the list and it's mostly i mean baseball starts in a few days in america mls started um when this app came out uh, so they wanted it to debut alongside messi's debut and i, I think that was the point right. um but there's also uh, basketball, hockey, um, All-American leagues. But then there's, um, of course, multiple foreign leagues, which I won't even try to bother to pronounce, but you can go check it out. Um, but, it, like, different French leagues of different things. But all all of the foreign stuff looks like uh, foreign football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, for now. Uh, everyone's asking, where's NASCAR? Where's, um, which is the American racing sport? Where's F1? Where's... Wait a minute, um, wait a minute. 
you choose NASCAR to explain to me, but all the other initials have just gone straight by. Well, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, these are pretty widely known. NBA, just, you know, basketball, NHL, hockey. But I didn't say the letters that time, William. You weren't paying attention. I said the name of the sport. Trying to help you out here. You mean Uh, (laughs) I glossed over when you were talking about sport? That's, That's almost hard to believe. Isn't it? Well, the thing is, I expect you to be a sports fan because you play games, don't you? And isn't it just the same thing, except instead of you playing, it's however many people are in a football team. I enjoy the idea of sports. I can't get into it. I'm not one of those. I I like being in a room with other people who are really excited about a team playing today, and I'm just eating chicken wings in the corner. Like That's, that's my experience with sports. Um, I'll root for the Tennessee Volunteers whenever they're playing. Um, I understand what the rivalries are. I just, I, I've tried to force myself to care. I just can't, I don't care. Um, I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the quarterback is, yada, yada. It's just something about my brain just doesn't connect with it in the way that other people do. And I'm jealous of that. I kind of wish I could get into it that way because it seems fun. But anyway, this isn't wings. Chicken wings, delicious. I've been getting into hotter and hotter uh, hot sauces and just uh, making everyone around me very sad and worried (laughs) for my health. Um, But in any case, this is an interesting app. I think it'll evolve with time. I think it's going to pull in Apple stocks and and pull in the sports features from Apple News eventually. I would like to see that sports tab go away in Apple News and become customizable. Uh, We've discussed that before. Well, every time I look at it, I think, well, I want the crosswords feature to come to the uk so that's my big aim but every time i think why am i i i'm not knocking sport it's just for me it's an alien language i will never look in there and i can't bear apple news plus on a saturday because you start reading a headline and it sounds really serious oh it's sport again you know mm-hmm. and yeah so just kind of filter out some things would be nice and that button yes i could use that for other things please apple's that's apps are designed uh to be the simplest most Basically, they want to provide an example for other developers to say, this is what your app should look like if it's a notes app. This is what your app should look like if it's a news aggregator or now a sports thing or an, a, a journal app. And it's kind of their idea of condensing these things down into the most minimal, perfect Apple version of that app. And I, and I like that Apple does that. Yes. I really hope other developers take a look at this app and say, huh, we should try that. Um, the app, of course, is very limited. It's filled with sports betting if you don't want to see the odds. I don't even understand what the odds mean, honestly. I, I kind of get it, maybe. There's there's a spread um, and like a money line. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, but the, these appear everywhere. Um, you can turn that off in settings. So if you don't care about that um, weird thing that's become very legal across the United States, um, yeah, you can you can turn that off and see only the scores and team stats and stuff. And that's nice for this app uh it's going to have live activities eventually there's a lot of features coming but for now there's a if a game is live you get a link to the apple tv app to whatever it's playing on which is something other apps don't do espn because it's a disney property only links to other espn apps and abc which is useless yeah so this this will be interesting i'm surprised about live activities because i remember when live activities first came along uh sports was the example everybody gave for it. I mean, I've used it uh, for flights and things. I think it's great, but I just unthinkingly assumed the new app had live activities as well. So I saw someone describe. I'll, I'll attribute it to Steve Chotten Smith if it, it might be him, but uh, he said this looks like a um, 
a weekend project done by a college student um, kind of development level. And I, I tend to agree. It, it, it does kind of look like Apple uh, woke up a month and a half ago and I was like, wait a minute, MLS starts this year. Why don't we have a sports app? And just assigned it to some intern <laughs> and told them, all right, we need to show at least the score and uh, the spread and, and whatnot, get it done by Messi's debut. It needs to debut alongside of that. So they had a deadline. There's probably a few people assigned to this. I'm exaggerating, of course, but they had a deadline. So whatever features they could get done to at least show information that they already have access to, they already have access to the scores. Uh, live updates, the play-by-play, all of this information is in Apple News and in Apple TV apps already. They just needed to create an app, sur- a wrapper surrounding it, and, a, and they did a great job, I think. It's just okay. um, they had to ship, so th- there's a reason why this stuff's missing. Um, it's only going to grow from here. I think that's true, isn't it? Of everything Apple does, they iterate forward. Well, if actually including the Vision Pro and Vision OS, I'm sure. My my mind's gone to pages and things like that, which you're saying you like Apple's simplicity approach, its minimalist approach, and I like it very much because it felt like, always feels like Apple thinks your work is the important thing, whereas Microsoft thinks it is deigning to allow you to use its many features. But I do know people that uh, believe pages can't do as much as Word because it's not in their face doing right. things for it's, it. So it's there's a bird in menus. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, like um, yeah. yeah, so you have to click on the My Leagues or My Team button at the top and then start adding things in order for content to populate. Otherwise, it's an empty screen, which, again, I found a little odd. Uh, the same thing happened with the Journal app. The first time you open it, there's a plus button. That's about all oh, that's you have. True. I'd there wasn't even a plus button for this app. And I feel like Apple needs to be better about onboarding. Again, maybe mine glitched out and there is onboarding. I just didn't see it. But in any case, one last note on this app. Um it's designed specifically with sports in mind. They want to get the information to you as it's happening. If you ever used um, other sports aggregator apps that just bring scores in, there's there's uh, popular ones that have live activities that's for uh, viewing many different things, including uh, F1 and whatnot. If you ever have that open next to a live game, you'll notice the live game is minutes if not maybe not minutes but at least a minute ahead you know there's there's several seconds between them so you might be on your phone getting information people have had for multiple minutes and that is crucial in a game especially maybe if you're betting on it because Mm. that's a thing people do now um so apple's goal with this app was to get information as live as close to live as possible and uh, i think they've achieved that with this one that seems like it's pretty um quick i opened a premier league game yesterday and uh, it was interesting seeing how all of that flowed in but again it'll be even better once live activities launch gotta tell you i'm now looking at my f1 key very suspiciously i trusted that function key but you know if it's going to be late i don't i've probably missed the point there haven't i i'll shut up now okay you should know what f1 is what well, you don't live under a rock um, um no. I don't want to say corruption was the first word that popped into my mind uh, alongside allegedly. Um, I might be thinking of a different sport altogether. I think I am no. really. I mean, yeah. you're thinking yeah. of all sports. I, I'm fairly certain, okay. but that's not the that's not the point. Speaking of all sports, um, Apple wants to have the Vision Pro involved in more things. So they have at least promised openly that there will be a kind of after the fact, so after a game is played or after like a um, very important MLS game is played, maybe 
uh, there will be a highlights and kind of a documentary style um, after like, uh, gosh, what am I looking for? Sports highlights from the game, but shot entirely for the Vision Pro in 3D from impossible seats like above the goal or near the goal line in the field, whatnot, um, shared after the fact. So sports fans can go relive those moments, but in full spatial 3d and i i find that interesting i think that would be really fun for american football a lot of sports uh would actually be really cool i think if uh apple could buy a nascar team or something wouldn't it be wild to have a spatial camera attached to one of these vehicles or something oh forget that give everybody uh, apple vision pro now oh right wait nascar driving at uh what is it 200 300 miles an hour just have the uh have people strap a Vision Pro to their headset or something, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I might even watch a minute or two. I've been to one half of one football game in my life, and it was a job. I was working there, and I got out. It was weirdly... Uh, the atmosphere was very strange there. So, uh, But I've never actually watched a match on television ever. I, really I can enjoy it. watching baseball. I prefer watching it live. I Football's fine, like American football. I... Don't understand. I don't understand watching soccer. Um, it's it's fun. Like the excitement is there, but I just it again. It's just I'm I'm exhausted watching them run for thirty minutes straight. Uh, yeah, I it, can cope it, with that. Um, yeah, the let them let them run. I can read a book. I tell you, I have actually enjoyed a Wimbledon match, and I can't remember which one it was. But yes, okay. So I'm not one, anti-sports, just not into it at all. But there we go. One last sport. Uh, basketball, uh, it appears that there were cameras uh, used for um, spatial recording found during the, um, what is it? There was a slam, slam dunk, dunk contest. Yeah, slam dunk contest. Uh, again, cool. Uh, like, imagine yeah. having a camera near or above the goal and uh, at the on the court. And if you've experienced it, I know you haven't, William, but if you've used the Vision Pro... Um, for the Alicia Keys uh, immersive video, y- you can see, because you, you jump around. Uh, I just heard myself echo. That was weird. Um, you can see the cameras that are used to record what's happening around the room. And they have them in these like beautiful white boxes. They almost look like shelves. So if you didn't know to look for the lenses, you wouldn't you probably would miss it and just say, wow, that's an odd piece of furniture. <laughs> um, this camera at the NBA game was similar, but it was less disguised. It was this black ugly thing with two holes in the front um i think we're going to see more of these in different places and i'm glad that apple's trying to capture uh, we don't know this is apple this is a rumor we just saw a 3d camera at a basketball game uh but it's probably for this or at least someone is recording it maybe there's a new documentary coming to MetaQuest. who knows uh but i I feel like we're going to see more of these things uh other places i'm just surprised that they did not do this for the halftime show at the super bowl Oh, good point. I knew there was a making of. Sorry, my mind's on you hearing an echo of yourself. I, I didn't hear it, but I think that means, uh, Wes, you're in spatial audio. Mm-hmm. All right. You heard it here first and possibly last, but okay. All right. Hmm. Um, well, I'd really like to try some of the experiences. Like, uh, Alicia Keys would be like, the first thing I'd watch. But are things like this, the Star Trek experience, uh, OmniFocus is now in test flight. Um, on it so i'm ever more keen to try this but possibly not for sports i don't know if you picked up on that at all 
This week's episode is brought to you by the AI email management tool, SaneBox. Now, you cannot get me off email. I love email. It is the greatest. But whether you feel the same way or not, you're unlikely to love the number, the sheer volume of email that you have to answer. And that seems to come at you just when you need to concentrate on something else. SaneBox just sorts that out. Whatever email service you use, SaneBox provides a set of tools that can help you. Take Sane Reminders, for example. Uh, you're emailing someone. If you BCC the address one week at SaneBox.com, that's the digit one and the word week, so one week at SaneBox.com, you send it off and you put that email completely out of your mind until a week later without you doing anything else, without you having to think about it or take the time to chase something. If your recipient has not replied in one week, SaneBox knows and will send you a reminder. It's great for delegating tasks and knowing that you don't have to keep track of other people and whether they've done what they've said they will. Or, and this is really good, the same applies to you. You can give yourself a nudge to make sure you do something. Um, for instance, we've just had Valentine's Day, but say that or something else is still coming up. You could send an email to the address uh, feb14.2pm at samebox.com. So February the 14th, 2pm. feb14.2pm at samebox.com. Uh, give it a subject like buy that book your partner wants and yeah, you already know where this is going. At two o'clock on the afternoon of February the 14th, you will get that email popping up on all of your devices. There's a lot more like that that you can do with the reminders. And actually, SaneBox has full, clear documentation on its website. But even before you've done that, before you look into any of the detail, once you get SaneBox, it is immediately helping you out. Its AI identifies what email is actually important. It organizes away everything else and it gets better and better as you use it. SaneBox is a PC Magazine top productivity tool of 2024 and it has just a slew of features to help keep you staying on top of your inbox. Find out for yourself. Find out how SaneBox can help your time and your concentration with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com insider today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash insider. And our thanks to SaneBox for supporting the Apple Insider podcast. Well, I have another thing that you're very interested in here, William, and that's quantum physics. Would you like to explain? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you don't understand quantum physics. No, if you... What's the Niels Bohr line? Uh, if you think you understand quantum mechanics, you're wrong. That kind of thing. Or is it... No, it's more than that. Um, it's like if you're not, uh, you know, blown over, blown apart, mind blown by that you don't understand it. I should look up the real quote, couldn't I? little bit uh but you've got quantum mechanics on your mind and i'm thinking a leap from nascar to quantum mechanics there's probably a connection there um why are you bringing this up now is it just a list of things to test me on for some reason well so apple obviously has quantum mechanics on their mind because they're worried about quantum computing eventually being able to crack iMessage encryption and this is something we've heard of before um the FBI, uh, for instance, when they were trying to get Apple to build backdoors to the iMessage system, uh, gosh, San Bernardino, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I always ruin that word, but um, 
that whole incident, um, I remember being a part of the story being that the FBI and several police precincts around the United States just have drawers of locked iPhones waiting for the day that someone just can crack into these things. And, um, this is, there's actually a, uh, like official term for this. It's called harvest now decrypt later. And the hope is, yeah, the hope is that eventually computing will get so good, so powerful, so fast uh, that even Apple's encryption will be able to be broken and we'll be able to get into these devices and finally discover who the real terrorists are. And Actually, sorry, the, there's a, a term in the UK called cold cases. I don't know if that's in the States as well, investigating long-ago crimes. At some point, yep. today's phones will be long enough ago that people will get into them and all of that mm-hmm. date, all of these crimes that could be solved, that all. Sorry, well, I need to go write a film now, so... So so basically the idea is right now, um, if you want to get into someone's system, breaking that encryption requires just kind of brute forcing it, guessing the yeah. encryption key number and letter by number and letter, which leads to millions and billions of combinations that can t- just take millennia. If a computer right now sequentially tried to break down even one iMessage encryption protocol it it could take a thousand years unless it just got lucky uh the idea of quantum computing would mean that it would able would be able to do this much faster if not nearly instantly uh minutes rather than years um so quantum computing is very powerful we're not going to get into why or how because um that's above even our pay grade i've met people who work on quantum computing very smart very smart people um not not too distant from the nuclear field just a different branch i suppose but in any case, what happens is Apple has decided, okay, quantum computing will eventually be a thing. We're already seeing signs of it now, but it's just it's far enough away that it's still not really a present danger. There's no way this can happen today. It's too expensive to even attempt it, and the computers that do exist, just they're not built for this. So Apple has built a system to change how encryption works for iMessage. Instead of giving you one encryption key... Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, did you write this story? No, I knew there was an iMessage improvement, but I didn't realize it was at quantum level. So no, this is all new to me. Uh, so, so Apple isn't doing anything quantum, to to be clear. Um, but they're protecting themselves against quantum uh, computing. So more or less, because this there's there's a thousand words here in this article. Go go read it. Uh, it it'll help you understand this better. But to give you the broadest overview, basically what's happening is instead of encrypting, um, giving you a, an encryption key that can unlock the iMessage directory inside of your phone, which if someone cracked it, then they would have access to the entire history and everything. Um, Apple is doing it in kind of bundles now, but they can't do it per message. Maybe it'll eventually get to that point because it's just, we'll, we'll be that good at it or whatever. But right now it's bundling up groups of messages. They didn't say how many, I think they're trying to keep that all abstract, but, um, slices of your message conversation have different keys so that even if someone got a hold of your iMessage conversation and tried to decrypt any one of the keys they would only see like hey hello how are you you know love you mom and then that would be the entire conversation they would see Hmm. um and they would have to get incredibly lucky to find the, the juicy bits that they're actually looking for and again they would have to decrypt multiple keys which takes time computing power money 
and even when quantum computers become more readily available, it's still a time-consuming, expensive process to try to decrypt hundreds of different keys for a single conversation. So I think this is a smart way to go about it. Um, what, what do you think? It's shipping with iOS 17.4 and the rest of them. What I'm thinking, what I'm getting from this is that I should start all my most illicit message threads with, hi, mom, how are you? Lovely to see you. Great weather. That kind of thing. And then only on the third part go into the, um, and where should we, which bank should we rob tonight? That kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Is that your advice uh, for the safety of the future? Not quite, because I I think that, the attacks can be more sophisticated than just starting at the beginning. Um, they, they could probably try to get within a date range. I don't, mm-hmm. I, again, this is all above our pay grade. I don't know what a encrypted file looks like. If it's just, I understand it's a jumble of nonsense, but um, perhaps they can look for date codes and isolate what they're looking for. I, I have no idea, but um, that this system though, um, actually makes some little bit of sense to me. I, again, I, I recommend everyone just go, go. Apple released information on this. There's a, a fun little diagram. And they kind of, it, it's one of the rare examples of Apple kind of calling out competitors uh, in a, on a piece of paper. Um, they're talking about, uh, so this chart that I, I put in the show notes for William's sake, um, there's different levels of uh, cryptography. And level zero is Skype, Telegram, and WeChat. Um Level one is end end encryption by default, which is where iMessage used to be. Well, if you're on 17.3 today, that's where it is currently, alongside apps like Line, Viber, and WhatsApp. Uh, Level two and level three don't have competitors listed. Um, So this is the post-quantum cryptography, basically Apple building cryptography focusing on defeating quantum computing. Um, Apple isn't focused on level two, which basically is only looking at um, creating the post-quantum cryptography keys one at a time for an entire set. Apple's going all the way to what they call level three, where they're establishing these keys and rekeying them periodically for different groups of messages. And eventually this will get a even higher level Apple hasn't labeled, but where they're going to add an additional layer of authentication on top of this uh, to prevent further attacks. So, very advanced, very interesting, and I don't think any of this really matters to the average user, but it's cool that Apple's mm-hmm. going to this length because a lot of government institutions use iPhones. You're saying that there about how it's quite rare for Apple to call out rivals. I think I was working on this week because there was a report that uh, Microsoft and Meta are lobbying the EU uh, to say that Apple is not complying uh, with this whole thing of the the third-party app stores that Apple is uh, just not doing it right, I suppose, is the way. Or not doing it the way those two companies went. And Apple issued a statement on the record, uh, obviously in response to this, directly after it, but not naming any of those companies, just laying out its case again of uh, it's concerned about security, it's doing this for that, it's trying to be helpful for users. But also all along the way it was, and we did this for a year with the European Commission. And it was like, duh, we did it with them. It can't be not complying and things like that. And I thought that was quite close to strident, actually, for a statement I mean, from Apple. Yeah, I, I, Apple, again, I think people are just mad that the, the system as it is written, um, Apple is complying with, but they're just not happy with how the system is written. This is the problem with regulation, and we yeah. could do a whole show on this. 
Um, everyone wants Apple to be regulated. Well, not everyone, but people who want Apple to be regulated think it's a magic solution that's going to fix everything. And it's like, no, regulation can solve some problems, but it creates new ones because the regulators generally don't know what they're talking about. And the people who have these problems aren't the ones writing the bills, writing legislature. They don't know what they're asking for. They think that they've covered all the bases, that they've screwed Apple into a corner, that they can only comply in the way that the you know people like Epic Games or Microsoft or Facebook want to see happen. And yeah. It's just not the case. There's no such thing as a perfect law. There's no such thing as a perfect bill to lock you into this corner that makes everyone happy. It's just not going to happen. So that's why um, there's a story we can cover here in a moment uh, about a meditation app, but uh, that's a little later if we have time. But they're approaching Apple by having conversations with the development team, by talking to Apple themselves, trying to be really nice about it more or less and actually just get in underneath and say look we're this team this is what we're trying to do we're not trying to steal candy from babies we just want these um, meditation teachers to be able to be tipped what can we do to not have to pay a commission on this and they're trying to work forward with apple versus you know releasing a uh, cooperative cooperative planned effort and attack to secretly include a in-app purchase and an entire advertisement industry surrounding a new lawsuit that's taken to the supreme court yeah i think the two methods are very different and one's going to work over the other one makes apple very angry and one makes apple more considerate and we'll see which one works in the end of course but I don't think Epic's ever going to get what they want. No, I mean, Epic wants a free ride, and who doesn't, I suppose? But I do remember thinking when, or just specifically the Epic thing, when that kicked off, the first day it happened, it seemed like Apple was being very heavy-handed at getting rid of them. And you knew there was something more to it, but then you find out that apart from uh, Epic going on about, oh, we're standing up for the little person, and this is a terrible thing, we must respond, they'd actually planned to incite it for several months. They'd filmed a video ready for it and things like that. I think they were stupid to tell us that, but we would have guessed it eventually anyway. And the moment all of that was going on, I thought, all right, big corporation, uh, out for itself, doesn't care about us. And I kind of switched off from them. Um, and previously, I was as being such a gamer, I was in Fort. Is it Fortnite? Yeah, I was in Fortnite every two weeks or something like that. Um, yeah, okay. Fortnite copied the Roblox model so they could make more money. I mean, come on. I, there, there's nothing altruistic about that company. But anyway, I think uh, we have a little bit more time for more Apple Vision Pro information. We'll keep this one quick because we've already talked about it a little bit, but. I believe on last week's episode, correct me if I'm wrong, we talked a little bit about the travel case, right? Yes, this strange uh, thing. It reminds me of the prisoner and the big white bubble-like thing, but you've got one, I take it, and you wrote the review, didn't you? That was coming out. Yes, so the the review is out, and people are a little upset that I gave it two stars. Um, I explain heavily in the review that I actually like this uh, device, but... Our review system isn't for me, it's for everyone else. It's just not a very good travel case. Um, I think it's a good storage case, honestly. It's a nice place to put Vision Pro when I'm not using it, or if I do need to take it somewhere, at least I have an option. I'm going to be looking at different options later, but this is what I had at the time. Um, So the best option is the only one you have kind of thing. But no, two two stars, I'll I'll stand by it. It's it's gigantic. Uh, Someone was arguing with me that um, people... regularly commute with 35 liter bags do you measure bags in liters over there 
No. Just All right, big so if... ones and little ones. Actually, no, I think you can find out, you know, but it's never, I've never been... It's not something that comes up. It's not no. a general... Con- you have to be a backpack, like, enthusiast to know oh, what right. sizes backpacks yeah. are. Because uh, I agree, I've never heard another human being other than nerds mention a backpack's liter size. But um, if you think about it, a 10-liter bag would hold maybe um, an iPad Pro with a magic keyboard, a set of headphones, and a controller. And you would b- yeah. quickly be running out of space at that point. But it'd be very slim, very light. Uh, 15 liters, you have room for a MacBook and a MacBook and, and an iPad and have a compartment space for multiple things, including a change of clothes, snacks. Like that, that five liters actually makes quite a difference. Uh, 21 liters would get you, um, that's more of an overnight. So now you have enough room for an overnight bag rather than just commuting. There's just more, more space for more things. Mm-hmm. 35 liters. This person was arguing was like, oh yeah, you can regularly, I regularly travel or uh, commute. Commuting, meaning going to and from work with this bag. A 35 liter bag would weigh like an incredible amount. I'm not even going to put a weight to it because whatever I guess would be wrong. But um, it's, it would just, it's just gigantic. And we're getting to the point where I'm thinking of my sea bag and what you call a sea bag in the military, in the the Navy anyway, is that giant green bag that you see people leaving to go on deployment with. Um, so what level do you need to be carrying for the Vision Pro travel case to make sense? And 15 liters is too small. 21 liters, you're taking up half of the compartment. Um, so you have room for maybe a, a bag of chips and a t-shirt on top of it. Um, so that's why you're getting into the 30s before the travel case becomes travelable. And maybe you're getting on an airplane with a 35 liter case. As long as that backpack actually meets the um, length and width requirements of carry on. Sure. Uh, but no, it's just, it's just too big. If it takes up half of my 21 liter backpack, which is my personal large bag, if I'm traveling big, that's my big bag. That's what I take with me. It's that's, I pack like three days worth of stuff in that thing. Um, and this takes up half of that. And Vision Pro is much, much smaller than this case. So I just find it very odd that Apple would call it a travel case. They should have called it a storage case. Got to admit, I'm tempted now to pour water into my various bags to see how much they contain. But I'm certain what the one I regularly commute with is uh, at least 40 litres. Because the thing is, I'm obviously stronger than you with all the sports okay. that I play. That's, you see, that's how that's it, it works out. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you know the name of your bag? Um, it's actually unfortunately discontinued. It's got a bungo oh. bag, um, and I blanked on the name of the company. The company still exists, and they're really good. Uh, Nomo bags, K N O M O, based in London, but they all sell in the states. They make gorgeous bags, and I overload this one ridiculously with things. Uh, in fact, oh, so absolutely. much so, uh, it was on the passenger seat of my car that they were driving somewhere, and the car kept in, believed it was a person. I had so much on there, and it was flashing the, why aren't they wearing their seatbelt sign? That's funny. Uh, you got to buckle it up. Exactly. Well, so what I would like mm. from a, for me personally, I, so I'm going to be trying a few of these cases. to, to I'll, You'll see reviews eventually. Um, not don't, don't expect it soon. Still waiting on them to arrive. So it, that's pretty early in the review process, <laughs> waiting to actually review the thing. But um, I'm going to be looking at these. I think my favorite might be the Waterfield Yes, you have to detach the bands every time, and people in the comments saying this. I think none of them own a Vision Pro. It is incredibly simple. You just snap a little thing, and the and the oh right, um, I didn't know that. And the okay. and the band comes off. It's a quarter of a second, and now you have how you've returned half of the volume of your backpack just because of that. Um, I so I think that case is going to be really nice. 
Uh, there's going to be a few others. There's some cheap ones on Amazon people have been recommending that are fine for getting the job done. Um, I think I, what I would like to see, which no one's probably going to make because Vision Pro is such a low-volume object, I think it would be interesting to see a backpack with like a compartment designed for Vision Pro inside of it. Um, kind of like how every bag now has a laptop sleeve. Why not have a headset sleeve somewhere inside of a bag? Did you uh, ever use AirPods Max? I'm wearing them right now. Oh, right. Uh, did you get the uh, the case for it, the, the bra-shaped case? Well, that's included with oh, it. Right, that that's Apple's good sleep-wake to me, case. actually. Um, I suppose I don't know whether... I mean, I've never even seen it, so I don't know how, how it feels and things, but uh, is it just for storage on site, or would you travel with that as a protector? Um, it sits on a shelf in my office until I leave anywhere with it. But if I travel with my AirPods, they go in that case because it sleeps it so the battery doesn't drain and it protects, it, it prevents scratches on the aluminum shells, you know. So it's a useful travel um, mechanism. It goes in a bag um, next to everything else. Um, it seems very neat design to me, whereas the Vision Pro one seems kind of bulbous yeah. in a way. So it, just. Surprise. It's silly because everyone's like, oh, I need a travel case for my AirPods Max, but it triples the size of the AirPods Max when you put it in a case versus the um, quote-unquote bra that people complain about. I actually don't don't mind it. It's fine. Mm. But, it's good to me, but yeah. Okay. I also wrote about the inserts. So if you had questions about the um, optical inserts, go check that out. It's just a little hands-on. There's not much to say. They're eyeglass inserts to help you see, but maybe you don't know how to order them or you don't know what's covered because it doesn't cover every eye condition and it doesn't cover every prescription option. Some prescriptions are too strong for Zeiss to make currently. So yeah, certain the Apple Vision Pro is actually quite the exclusionary product. It's one of the few Apple things, uh, one of the few things Apple makes that some people just cannot use, period. Um, at least today. That that will change with time as things get better. It'll get easier to make certain types of inserts. Different companies might make inserts for it. But certain types of correction, like prism correction, just you cannot do that with the Zeiss lenses. But if you can correct your vision using uh, soft contacts, you don't even need inserts. So just keep that in mind. Are the inserts easy to take in and take out again? Yes, they're the the magnetic level is very light. I've actually dropped the Vision Pro before, and they just they kind of pop out like AirPods out of the case. You've dropped the Vision Pro. Well, it hit a carpet. It's fine. Okay, right. Not a scratch. <laughs> I, yeah, no, it was one of those stupid moments where I'm, I'm sitting in a chair at my desk, and the cable caught on the arm when I was backing away, and it just pulled yes. the Vision Pro into the, like. But like, I think it kind of swung from the cable and then just grazed the floor, so it didn't like <laughs> drop straight down to the floor. There was no damage. It's just like a oops, I need to pay attention to that from now on, and it hasn't happened since. So. I, just, I have this image that it did it in slow motion, just for emphasis, as it got nearer to the bottom, and then, yeah, okay, drama, excitement, tension. So, when do you think the Apple Vision Pro 2 is coming out? I'm not talking about Apple Vision Air or SE or what have you. What do you when do you think Apple, Apple Vision, Vision Pro, Pro with the 2? sequel? Uh, yes. It feels too early if it's exactly a year away. Um, but then two years feels too long. Uh, a year and a quarter, year and a half, year and three quarters, maybe. Um, right. So I, I'm trying to get. I feel like you know the answer, and I'm trying to get it. Really, um, 
a year and a half. Okay, I've plumped for that. I'm a sports betting man. I'm putting my money on a year and a half. Please tell me I'm right. So Mark Garman says agrees with you about 18 yes. months. All right. So this isn't new information. This has actually been heavily discussed um, in the rumor sphere, not by anything too credible, I don't think. But every uh, supply chain information and such points to, at a minimum, 18 months. So from release, not announcement. So everyone's like, oh, but they announced Vision Pro in June 2020. Uh, three so that means it'll come out the next version's coming out in 25 that's great no that's um not how this is going to work so people confused by this this Mm. product right now today there's there might be five hundred thousand dollars uh five hundred thousand units by the end of the year maybe six hundred thousand if we're being really generous according to estimates this isn't these aren't my numbers i didn't make them up um so in a year less than a million in two years, we might hit maybe two million penetration, and uh, some estimates put um, it taking up to three years before we even can consider getting close to a ten million penetration, uh, and that's only on shipments, not on sales. So, of course, um, this and at this price, so we're talking about a product that's difficult to make, low volume, high price. How often do you think? Like, I don't. I don't understand people's need. I, I okay, I do. People think that if this comes out with an updated model next year, it's going to be this radical new design that's lightweight and amazing and costs a thousand dollars. That's everyone's usual thought process here. No, if the if it, if Apple does anything, they might update the chipset. I don't think that's going to happen either because again, they're undermining their own supply chain at that point. This is a twenty six fall twenty seven spring at the soonest for the announcement of the device let alone release uh, as for apple vision pro 2 at least that's my that's my estimate um you can write it down tell me i'm wrong when they announce it in six months but um i just i don't believe that this is an even an 18 month device i'm interested in the time of year so I was thinking things like um, Apple Watch always gets announced around the same time as the iPhone. And originally it's because you kind of had to. You had to have an iPhone with the watch. And also the watch was small enough that it needed the attention. And now I think it doesn't. It could spread out on its own to another point of the year. Would you announce a new Vision Pro on the heels in the same, in within a month or two of the iPhone launch? Or would you try to push it? somewhere else in the year this is Mm. this is uh an ipad treat it like an ipad uh especially the ipad pro um which usually is an 18 to 24 month cycle um but i'm i'm putting this closer to a 24 to 36 month cycle um but it's just going to land where it lands uh it could be a spring release it could be an october release this is a device i think that falls in the ipad lane so of course maybe you'll get its own um event uh, I don't think it, it could be announced alongside alongside some iPads in, in a March event, maybe. But this is definitely not. And here's an iPhone. Here's some AirPods and Vision Pro. At the end. That yeah. that's not how Apple's going to do it. It's going to get its own giant time slot in one of these events. This week's episode is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the US with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers 
in the US. You can grow lemon, avocado, olive or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. You've got to love that. And you've got to love that Alive and Thrive guarantee. I'm not in the US, so I haven't been able to buy from Fast Growing Trees for myself but I have as a gift for a friend in the States. And I could buy for her knowing that she get the plant within just one or two days and knowing that Fast Growing Trees has growing and care advice that's available to her 24-7. And right now they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants. Plus listeners to our show get an additional 15% off when using the code APPLEINSIDER at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code APPLEINSIDER at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code APPLEINSIDER. Offer is valid for a limited time. Tell them we sent you. And thanks to Fast Growing Trees for their support of the Apple Insider podcast. Actually, I I think about this a lot because um, I think Apple is extremely good at when it renounces what it isn't just we finally got it ready it's really really well planned to what will get maximum attention and what will help other things what will hinder other things um i've been hearing in the last few days that uh, an apple smart ring is going to come out soon and i don't believe it because we've just got the vision pro it feels just the sh- the, the drama of it the show of it is wrong um, do you know what the kind of uh, the strength of that ring rumor is? Because I've just seen headlines. Well, the Apple Ring thing has been rumored for a while, just like foldables. Um, it's kind of a fad uh, rumor. Apple obviously is investigating this. Uh, it would be another way to another metric for tracking um, heart rate. If you're wearing it in tandem with an Apple Watch, you could probably get a better. Uh, you could get a two point ECG. Right. There's multiple things that this thing could be useful for, kind of, but it's not going to cover anything the Apple Watch doesn't already cover. So maybe you'd give people the option of wearing it instead of an Apple Watch, which is my assumption. And a lot of people to wear their nicer, uh, fancy watches, but still get some of their health tracking benefits. Um, Do you wear an Apple Watch? Yes, I do. And there are no watches that are fancier. No. Would would you wear a ring? No. Uh, it depends what it does. I had uh, I tried out a uh, wear W E A R for work ring uh, last year or the year before, and I actually found it very handy when I was giving a presentation. No, it must have been before COVID. That's the last time I've done slides somewhere, and just being able to kind of vaguely gesture at the screen and my thumb catch the side of the ring to change the slide. I like that a lot. Actually, I found that very useful because if you control it through. Um, a clicker, you don't really have quite as much ability to gesticulate, which I need. And if you're controlling it through your phone, I've realized people think you're messaging somebody. So a ring was well, actually really good in that purpose. Yeah. William, you don't even need a ring. Uh, I think Apple's a little behind. I, I heard the man who got the brain implant can now control a mouse cursor with his mind. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'll get straight on that after I've watched mm-hmm. some football. Um, yeah. I don't think the two are compatible. I, I, you uh, know. That's a shame. Yeah, so, I was rooting for both of them. Okay. Apple's yeah. so Apple's new iPhone color, it's not blue, is it? Well, I this is I'm hearing this, but you know, 
I can hold out hope for it a little bit. I did I ever explain to you why I like blue on Apple devices? Because uh, it's such an obscure reason. I've probably oh. been too embarrassed to tell anybody because it's a quote. Uh, from the BBC, uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there was a joke about it in uh, one of the uh, thing called the computer program, a part of the BBC Computer Literacy Project. Somebody goes to buy a computer and it ends up with, do you have it in blue? And it's all hilarious. And actually, it was funny at the time. But for some reason, it stuck with me. And as it turns out, when there is a blue iPhone, I am now drawn to it. The power of television. You know, it's tugging me that way. Whereas you don't care. No. No, you've you've been incepted by the BBC. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, so there there is a rumor, who knows the credibility here, um, that the at least there will be yellow and gray. Fine. I mean, it, it's an iPhone color. They happen uh, every year. We'll, we'll, we'll see when Apple announces it. These are one of those rumors that almost never happen. Um Last year we knew it was going to be three different shades of gray, and that's kind of what we got. It, it, I don't expect Apple to shock us with color anymore. Um, not since the iMac. That was the last time I was surprised by color from Apple. From that, from now on, I expect at least for the next few years, it's just going to be kind of okay. There was that green iPhone Pro a couple of years ago, which um, you know, fine if you like green, but the advert for it was frightening. The green was like biting the side of the screen and things. That's that color surprised me a hmm. little bit. But um, um, so speaking of updates and AirPods, the AirPods Max could get an update, but this rumor is claiming that it could be a very minimal update, uh, lacking any any excitement. So have you have you seen this one? Well, no, but. The headphones. I mean, I mean, yeah, I bet there's going to be a lightning will change to USB C. But what else could there be? Well, there's a lot because this the headset, um, the headphones I'm wearing right now came out, I believe, in December of 2019, Goodness. <laughs> and uh, haven't been updated since. So there's a lot of technology missing from these headphones, these $550 headphones that cannot do many of the things the AirPods Pro can today. Oh, so um, noise cancelling and things like that, is it? Well, it does noise cancelling, it just doesn't have the new noise cancelling. They're H1 chips, so there's technology here, it's just the older technology. And automatic switching and whatnot is there, it's just the older, um, it's the less good version of all of this. Um, there's no real Find My integration uh, like the AirPods Pro 2 have. Um, the lossless audio with AirPod, with uh, Apple Vision Pro... The lossless audio with Apple Vision Pro that AirPods Pro 2 with USB-C can do, um, not here. It needs a special 5 gigahertz radio for that. Oh, okay. And uh, it's an H2 to H2 connection, which these AirPods Max have H1s. So hopefully Apple would give us at least a modern version that does as much as the AirPods Pro 2 do today. That would be a great update. I would instantly buy it. It would have USB-C. Great. But this rumor suggests all Apple's going to do is release a USB-C version, which I just, I think this is just absolutely wrong. It's not, that that is not going to be the case. Hmm. This is still the same price that it was in 2019. That's because, oh no, there is more than that. The original Apple Pencil came out in 2015. And I think that, I mean, I know the same model is still on sale. I think it's the same price it was. Uh, so, so much for, you know, volume and scale, reducing the cost of things. Hmm. Hmm. So one one last leak. Uh, 
that's not really too surprised. There's one piece of information in here that's actually new. Um, so we've known that the iPad Air is going to adopt the 12.9-inch size class. It's basically going to borrow the chassis from the existing 12.9-inch iPad Pro. But the revelation from this information is how much thinner the new iPad Pros are going to be. So the iPad Airs are just going to be the old 11-inch iPad Air is going to be the same size. The new 12.9-inch is the old iPad Pro size at 6.4 millimeters thickness. So it's the Air... That's at 6.4 millimeters. Now, bear with me. The new 12.9-inch iPad Pro will be 5 millimeters thick. It'll be thinner than the iPad Air. 5 millimeters. Can I just say, by the way, I love that you said that correctly. 5 millimeters thick. Because I remember so clearly when Apple started saying, uh, one inch thin and things like that, just to try to make it sound Oh, better. marketing. But, yeah, they try. You know, I mean, God bless marketing. I'm all for it. But in that case, that one amused me. Um, I think it's, I have an iPad Pro next to me, um, the 11 inches, 10 point something inch. And I, I can't visualize it being much thinner. But It'd I be thinner it. than the existing 11-inch iPad Pro, which is mm. wild, by a whole millimeter. This is thinner than the iPod uh, Touch, I believe. Oh, no, the, the iPod, the the current iPad Pro is thinner than the original iPod Nano, is the <laughs> is the crazy thing. Right. The But this five, at five millimeters, it's, it's so much thinner than that. And I can't wait to see YouTubers bend it over their knee oh, because they oh, absolutely will. Oh, that's a horrible thought. No, get that out of my head. No, 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 no. Um, I miss the 12.9-inch size that I used to have when I had an original uh, iPad Pro. Um, I just There's no way I could afford that this time around. But every now and again, I miss it because with that size, it was like two iPads next to each other, and you felt like your fingers were kind of in the work you were doing. Uh, so I'd be very tempted by it. 12.9 but uh, and and with an oled display i mean this this is going to be a beautiful device i'm excited for it um i think i'm going to be getting one because it's i i found that i'm still using the ipad pro when i'm not using the vision pro so that's nice i so i, I think i will be upgrading to this new product get the new uh metal keyboard uh these this rumor is possible i mean these measurements aren't completely out of whack there's just some oddities for some reason, the 11-inch iPad Pro is going to get a little bit longer, but um, width-wise, it's going to get smaller versus the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is getting bigger in both dimensions. I don't understand what's happening there, um, according to these measurements. So who knows? We'll see what happens when Apple announces it. We're expecting something possibly in March. Um, I, that feels too soon for me, considering Vision Pro still destroyed my wallet but uh we'll see we'll see what happens as far as ordering these goes i'm hoping that i'll have some money put away for that by then i'm glad you're still using the ipad uh i mean you're such an ipad person uh that i was meaning to ask you about it these devices are slotting into place in your life really yes the i mean the ipad mini is still going around the house with me the ipad pro with a keyboard i mean I can take my Vision Pro to my room um, and use it, and I have to watch media, but not to work. Sometimes, sometimes I'll just want the comfort of just lounging back. I have some pillows, just lounge back on the bed and type something up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll take my, my uh, iPad to do that. I'm not going to take the whole Vision Pro and the keyboard and the trackpad mm-hmm. and all of that and try and sit on my bed and do do that kind of work. Um, so the iPad still serves a purpose in certain areas. Uh, Vision Pro fits in great in an office environment. 
in certain situations, but I think they're very distinct. They, they're basically the same operating system as far as things go, just displayed differently. So I want to see what Apple does to further differentiate and better yeah. the systems on both devices, especially at WWDC in June. It's amazing how close WWDC seems already. I mean, I know uh, we're in February, but we're almost at the end of it. I'm thinking, I'm doing various things that are in April now, and I'm thinking, April, that's so close to June. I'm wishing the year away already. This is... So iOS 17.4's beta came out, and um, the only real interesting thing here um, is that Apple has revamped, again, the battery menu and settings. Uh, They're always working on this thing. And they've changed it so when you open the battery menu, you see the battery health rating as, instead of a percentage, as a word. They're they're humanizing it. So now, if your battery health is good, it'll say normal, and then otherwise it'll say something other than normal. I don't know the other words. Um, but you tap this to open it up, and it that's where you'll see your percentage capacity and your cycle count. Now... Uh, that cycle count used to be in about. Now it's all under battery, which is nice, but this is only for the iPhone 15 lineup. And oh, yes. so I bring this up because uh, did you see the news? Apple dug around in the couch cushions. They, they, they checked around the labs and they found more battery to give us all. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty fun yeah, story. It's, it, it seems not worrying, but it just, I would have thought Apple's testing pre-release uh, engineering verification test or something would work out something like the battery capacity because one imagines the battery capacity is a massive focus uh, for Apple of trying to get as much as they can and to suddenly go oh do you think maybe did somebody just drop a zero off a spreadsheet in the lab so basically this is my understanding of what's happened and I don't know anything but I understand a lot of engineering processes so this is my guess they had to certify right for something and they always certified iPhone at 500 for 80%. So they there's a test that you put the battery through to certify that, yes, after 500 cycles, the battery will age this much. And they were able to consistently prove that get and make the claim in their PR. But then engineers must have looked at the battery technology and said, you know, we could probably get more out of this. And maybe not even since, maybe iOS 17 wasn't good enough. Maybe iOS 17.2, they tweaked these systems even further to get more efficiency out of the battery. Something's changed in the last six months to allow them to do, redo the test, but at a higher rating. So now they've done these, the process of testing it at 1,000 cycles to discover, oh, actually, the battery can survive at this. It wasn't as if the battery suddenly changed. The software is always changing around this. Apple's always tweaking how the battery uh, conserves its power and how well it works. So I, this is a win for customers. I, yeah. I mean, I some people are trying to default to not trusting it, but I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. We'll see what happens uh, when people start getting over that 500 cycle count if their devices start degrading. Mm-hmm. But it's it means years on your device, not mm-hmm. months, um, if this is true. I just checked my battery health thing, and you're right. It's a, I'm on the beta. It says normal, but I kind of want it to say extraordinary. That's what I want. Sort that out. Apple, no. Okay, you're just looking at me now. Okay, right. But I didn't know that about the test. So uh, the only thing I knew about uh, iOS 17.4's beta is that there's been a change to CarPlay. But um, as I understand it, basically not in my car. 
Uh, right. Yeah. You need to have a uh, instrument dash that's connected through the CarPlay system, and only modern cars do that. Like, we're talking 2023 at the soonest, really. Uh, maybe a couple older cars do, but this is not a ubiquitous system, and you can't even aftermarket, I don't believe. But, no, the just to get back on that, engineering tests uh, proving different systems, They, all, I, I believe they all generally work the same way. You have a goal to hit. So you have to kind of do a proof of concept on that. Um, gosh, I was just, it's its tickling the back of my mind and it's escaping me. But I was reading about how a company had to, geez, it is escaping me. But they were, they were doing basically a test to make sure that a thing worked a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And they had to perform the same test a thousand times to prove that that actually was the true rating of this device like that's how intensive some of these systems can be um when you're doing like the the proof tests on different equipment batteries hinges what what have you it's it's all the same kind of concept you have you're basically proving in the lab that this thing will run the same way uh consistently across a given product Hmm. and Apple was able to confidently say, it's kind of like the waterproofing. Apple can confidently say, your iPhone will survive for five minutes at a depth of six meters. But it's actually better than that in most circumstances. And um, they Apple just won't say that. They're not going to up their water rating because then they're opening themselves yeah. to um, lawsuits if things go wrong deeper than that. But for the battery life thing, I think they're if their confidence level is that high, they would have to be really really confident to say this because again people lawsuits yeah they happen all the time so so you're proving to a minimum uh but it could be well it will all it's like a baker's dozen thing isn't it um 13 just to make sure you always deliver 12 at least now i can follow that yes but it was a nice thing to hear about um especially if i don't upgrade to the iphone 16 because as you know we've heard from barclays bank the people who would be the people who would know this there isn't going to be anything special about the iphone 16 at all i believe they have that report prepared every year i I think it actually ships it's just they change the number and it's the same report every year oh i wonder if it's automated with send later and there's a macro that just updates the number before it goes yeah okay right in in twelve thousand years the aliens will visit earth and find a working computer and the article at the top of the screen (laughs) will be from Barclays automated system because they forgot to turn it off. Yes. And it'll say the iPhone 175,000 is <laughs> not going to be worth it this year. Skip it. It's not. Yes. But uh that is I believe a good show. William, do you have anything to add before we drop off? No, I just I'm surprised again and again every time we talk about I think there's something else to ask you about Vision Pro. I hope you don't mind me constantly asking this stuff. I don't know, you're fine. It's just it's exciting, isn't it? A whole new platform, a whole new world for all of this. And, um, yeah, I'm very tempted by it, mostly yeah. from you. Uh, if, if anyone has any questions, speaking of, if anyone has any questions about Vision Pro, um, after a few weeks of use, we're coming up on a month soon mm. of having the device. Uh, I'm going to be writing something about it. So if you have any questions about Vision Pro, productivity, apps, what have you, how it works, what what annoys me about it because there are things i i am annoyed by believe it or not um you know reach out on mastodon twitter email what have you i'd be happy to uh, either talk to you there or include it in my write-up that i'm working on currently 
Um, but yes, as we approach a month, it's, it's still an interesting product. I am starting to shift my office around it. I'm starting to think about workflows and I'm excited to see what developers do with it. But um, there's still a lot to come to discuss about this device. Uh, but thankfully, as maybe you noticed by this episode today, we only spent about seven minutes on Vision Pro. So we are dialing it back a little bit. Guys, you can breathe easy. It's still the Apple Insider Podcast. It is not the Vision Pro Insider Podcast, but that would be a fun one to make. It would, wouldn't it? Yes. All right. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, yeah. For now, I'll shut up asking you. Maybe (laughs) next week. Okay. All right. So you can find me on Macedon mostly. I am active there. Uh, If I see you ping me on Twitter, I'll reply, but I'm not guaranteed to see you. Uh, But Macedon is the best place to find me. William, where can they find you online? Well, I noticed the other week uh, Mike Weather was on and he said uh, basically Apple Insider, an email. And I realized, yeah, I love email by my Apple Insider address, but I also have a YouTube channel. I am more on Twitter and I don't fully know why, really. But yes, I can be found on Twitter as W Gallagher. I'm around more than you there, shall we say. Um, We get some good emails. Uh, I've gotten some good listener emails uh, talking about the show and asking questions. And so join in. Don't worry. You're not the only one out there emailing us. Um, And speaking of, you know, we have other shows. We have the Apple Insider Daily podcast, if you like what we're talking about here and just want to hear less of it. (laughs) The Apple Insider Daily is about 10 minutes-ish every day recapping the news of the day. And that is a very pleasant, quick listen. I usually listen to it alongside the Apple News uh, Today uh, program that's also about 10 minutes, about world news. Um, And then we also have the HomeKit Insider podcast that I do with Andrew every week that comes out on Mondays. Um, That is a pretty fun show about home automation, Apple HomeKit, and things, technology surrounding it. Uh, If you would, please go to the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast of choice. Give us a review. Don't just give us stars. Throw down some text. Tell us exactly why you love us or why you hate us. Um, It's been an interesting few reviews since Stephen has left. I think people are a little upset about that. But I know that there are some five-star reviews out there that haven't taken the time to write it down yet. So please, we'd love to hear from you guys. Reach out. And I would like to thank our sponsors once again, Sanebox and Fast Growing Trees, for sponsoring the show. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.